But this glorification is speaking to a future ultimate salvation that will come to us. It's so good. And so whether you you experience that that disconnect between your inner world and your body, mm-hmm. when this glorifying work takes place, when you step out of, you step through the veil between this world, this earthly realm that we're in and the eternal realm that is much closer than you think. Yeah. When you step through that, you are delivered from the bondage of that body. Wow. All that sin, sin's influence on your life is now released and from from your life eradicated. Yeah. yeah. And you are now in the fullness of what Jesus has, pur- has purchased for. You are now glorified with him. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian and this is my wife, Bonnie. Hello there. Hello there. This is episode 77, and uh, we're super excited uh, to jump into it today. But before we do that, if this is your first time ever checking out the Union Podcast, we want to welcome you here. Um, If you're unfamiliar with what we're about, we are all about helping people find wholeness and sexuality, identity, and relationships with a gospel-centered and holistic approach. And uh, so we just just hope and pray that today's conversation, uh, as always, is life-giving and is just equipping and really meets you where you're living. Um, We try to talk about uh, difficult topics, challenging topics in a life-giving way and in a way that's not super awkward Mm -hmm. because we totally understand that talking about sexuality and identity, um, you can be right and be wrong in how you and how you approach this topic. You can be doctrinally right and kind of be off in your heart. And so we always want to talk about these topics with uh, the right heart Mm -hmm. and the right motivation. That's right. Here we are. So, and we are um, excited to release this episode. After this one, we are actually, it'll be the end of this season. And yeah. then we're going to be taking a little bit of a break through the summer, but we'll be back in September. And we already have some really incredible guests lined up. Excited to share that with you. And through the summer, you know, if you want to, we have some great content in our library that we're going to try to highlight on our social media and maybe in our in our monthly newsletter, just to kind of help you, you know, go back into the archives and find those conversations we've had with some really, you know, some experts in their field when it comes to, you know, maybe overcoming pornography or health in marriage or uh, stuff about, around gender identity. Uh, you can find that in our in our podcast library. Also, one of the key values and kind of the vision of our work here at the union is to provide resources for people mm-hmm. in those those three areas of sexuality, identity and relationships. We want to be able to provide those for free. Mm-hmm. So if you go to our website, theunionmovement.com, you can go under resources. There's some line. There's a line item there of courses. You can go and sign up for a course called Awkward. If you're a parent and you're wondering how do you talk to your kids about sexuality in a way that's not so awkward awkward yeah that's a great place to start and um and also we are really excited we've revamped and are currently in the editing process of uh redoing our journey home Mm e-course um that is there in its current format until early november uh hopefully (laughs) when uh the kind of the re the redo is going to be ready and and will be launched we are really excited about that that was a project we were able to uh, work together with Focus on the Family Canada on, mm-hmm. and we are just so excited about the final product, and um, we're really looking forward to that. But so, if you're going to listen to podcasts, might as well take a course this summer too. You yeah, know what I mean? True. 
No time like the present. Yeah, and we have some, yeah, you can find some other digital resources as well. So the podcast, blog, some PDF downloads and those e-courses. And then of course, if you are a church or a church leader, a ministry leader, and you would like to feel, maybe you're feeling a little bit shaken by everything that's going around, um, going on in culture right now. And you just feel like, man, I, I want to approach these topics with our church community, but I don't really know how or where to start and if you just want some people to stand with you and support you and maybe equip you a little bit that's what brian and i man that's our heart is to uh you know it's our heart is to help people find wholeness and to equip any church leader who wants to do the same Mm -hmm. so if there's maybe an event you want to invite us to or we could do some strategizing with your team uh, to figure out what your church can do to help your 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 congregants totally and we really do believe that the local church the church that jesus is building really is the hope of the world that the community of faith and the fellowship that we have there is life transforming is community transforming and so we want to stand with local churches that are uh, building upon the word of god and helping people who are far from christ encounter uh, the good news of jesus and and be equipped and and healed and discipled in the in their life that god always desired for them and as always if you're interested in partnering with the union you can uh, donate through our partnership uh, mm-hmm. button on our website if you go to the unionmovement.com slash partnership mm-hmm. um, that'll Just slash partner slash partner I'm sure you'd find it. I'm sure you'd, you, yeah, you still would find it. Yeah. Even even if I got it wrong, you'd still find it. Yeah. But you can give through our website. And as always, all donations are tax deductible. I think over $20 is the standard CRA. Um, cut off there. Cut off, yeah. Yeah, so, we appreciate that. We're honestly really grateful for everyone, whether they do a one-time gift or a reoccurring monthly um you know, just kind of supporting us as though as local missionaries is really what we see ourselves as. Absolutely, um, bringing the gospel and into this area. So, yeah. before we dive into today's conversation, I'm really excited about it. I'm going to be talking about um, having a Christ-centered identity. Uh, this was a. It was actually Brian preached a message at an event not too long ago and afterwards i was like brian you have to preach that more like keep those notes we need to we need to spread that like the way you presented that and so i i said can we put like honestly let's have that conversation on our podcast um and so that's what we're going to be talking about today before we do i just you know it's like how's how's bry doing How's Bri doing? How's Bri doing? This is what people really want to know. It's almost summer. We're a couple days away. Yes. Does not look like summer outside. It does not. Currently, as we record, this is not summertime weather. But, you know, our kids are, you know, because we homeschool our kids. So school's kind of wrapped up a little bit early. It seems like the pace of our uh, family life and rhythm has really slowed down. Yes. As far as like a family rhythm. Praise the Lord. Things are still um, pretty intense. (laughs) Yeah. with the family size that we have but um but yeah it's good mm-hmm. it's good i'm excited for some time away with the family mm-hmm. uh this summer and just some good beach days yes just yeah just down by the water on a really hot day is just great yeah. i love that yeah we put together a, bu- a bit of a bucket list i don't know if you saw that i put it on the fridge i did see that yeah yeah so we got some good ones on there including making popsicles i'm thinking creamsicles specifically. creamsicles let's do it the chocolate almond milk I'm like thinking that would be really yummy creamsicle. Yeah. So. Or we could just do like regular chocolate milk. <laughs> that would also be good. <laughs> that would also be good. I'm just saying. Just saying. Anyways. So Anyways. we're looking forward. What did I say the other night? I was eating almonds. I'm like, mmm, you can taste the milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
I don't know if anybody's seen those almond milk commercials oh, where it's just hilarious. like, yeah, they're pretty funny where the guy's trying to milk an almond or talking as if he does milk almonds. Like an almond farmer, yeah. like a cow farmer. Anyways, it, I would recommend looking it up. It's so, so this is really what people come on here. This is the type of conversation that they're looking for from the union. But how are you doing, Bonnie? How is Bonnie doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know what? I had a conversation with a, a fellow, a sister in Christ over in Australia earlier today. And so, yeah. um, and we're excited. We're going to get her on the podcast soon. And anyway, so I feel really encouraged, just like the Lord is really doing something and raising up voices for reformation in the area of sexuality. And uh, yeah, so I feel encouraged today. Yeah, totally. It's worldwide. It's that's, taking the world by storm. That's God's true. design for sexuality and his desire to restore. That's right. Yeah. I think that we sometimes can be a little bit like Elijah in First Kings, where we say to ourselves or to God, we're the only ones. It seems like everybody else is bowing the knee to Baal. And then the Lord is Did like, you hear me praying this morning? Is that oh. what you heard? Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, it, God says to Elijah, and I think he says it to us and to you listening, if that's how you feel. It's just like, hey, listen, there's a whole bunch more that a remnant that have, they've not bowed the knee. 7,000 more, I think is what yeah. it was, you know? And, and so it's exciting when you get to meet others who are just raising a standard and totally. preaching Jesus in the entirety. And so that's, I guess that's really what we're wanting to talk about even yeah. today in this episode. I think this conversation is essential. Um, it's just, we're talking about honestly what discipleship is yeah. what it, to follow Jesus and what that would look like when it comes to our identity. Yeah. And so, and I think it's important too, as, as we jump in, you can kind yeah. of hear my tone change Oop, it's like we're talking about almond milk and now we're, <laughs> here we go. But I think it's important when we talk about identity, um, we don't want to become one dimensional mm-hmm. in how we talk about the human identity because, and we're, as we're going to see, as we jump into this, that it's not just relegated to someone's gender or sexual expression. Mm-hmm. That's the definition that our current cultural moment is trying to just attach identity to. And as we're going to see, the Bible actually expands that your who you are and your sexuality is not the only part of your human identity. It's not the only defining factor, sorry, Sigmund Freud, of mm-hmm. um, what it means to be human. Sexuality is a part yeah. of the human experience. It's part of God's design. And, um, and so I think that's just really important. So as we jump into... Some of this, some of this conversation will be built around gender ideology and or gender fluidity and the current kind of uh, world perspective on gender. Um, but really, again, this is about integration of the entirety of the human mm-hmm. design and how God wants to redeem all those areas. And so it's, I, I only say that because that we are gospel centered. We're not trying to just have a mic drop moment where we kind of just slam dunk people in a Twitter, Twitter post right now. We want to keep Jesus and keep the gospel at the center of this dialogue uh, here today. So uh, mm-hmm. that's important to remember. So when we're talking about identity, we're not just talking about gender. We're not just talking about sexual expression, but we are talking about what it really means to be human and God's design for humanity. I love it. Yeah, that's great. So let's start off with a passage of scripture. Do it. Scripture. So in Luke chapter nine, and this is Jesus talking in verse 23. And he said to the, he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man 
if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself. So here's the question, Bonnie. Mm -hmm. Here's the question. What is Jesus talking about when he says himself? Well, I know for sure that it's going to be, it's first of all, himself or herself. Or herself, absolutely. Because it's, you know, anyone. So if anyone, this is like, this is the prerequisite for following Jesus is you're going to have to deny himself, herself. Okay, tell me. Well, I think this is what's really important is because when we hear this scripture, we can start to think that Jesus is kind of like sadistic. You know what I mean? Like if you actually desire to live and if you actually have a will and desire to live, I will take it from you. You Right, right. That's actually not what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. He says when he's talking about if anyone seeks to save his or as you kindly mentioned her life, Mm -hmm. you will lose it. He's using two specific words. Number one, save is a Greek word sozo, Mm -hmm. which is actually can be used in a good way, but also has a negative connotation to it. The good way is when we talk about how we've been saved by Jesus. Jesus has saved us. He's healing us. He's brought right alignment to us. He's brought peace between us and God. This is the good sozo. And he's continuing to do that, which I will not get ahead of myself. This is part of what we're going to talk about today. But there's also a a negative connotation to this. When you seek to hold on to or preserve out of a sense of selfishness and self-preservation, that's that's a negative part. So like you're getting clingy. Yeah. And you're also trying to it almost kind of creates this picture of building yourself, but uh, building yourself by yourself, Mm. not building yourself up in Christ, but building yourself by yourself, you being the authority. And that's specifically when it's connected to uh, this other word that Jesus is using. So if you seek to save your own life, that word life is a Greek is the Greek word suke. Mm. And that's where we get the Greek. That's where we get the word psychology from. That's right. the root word. So it's the the Greek word suke, suke kind of refers to this inner world, this inner perspective. Uh, it's the seat of the affections, the emotions, your will, your desires, your your intellect. It's kind of your the lens that you see the world through. So he's saying if you hold on to this specific part of who you are, if you hold on and seek to to shape and to manipulate and to build your own inner world. Um, outside of the governance and the submission to the Lordship of Christ, it'll actually destroy you. It'll actually, you'll actually lose what it means to be human. You'll actually lose what it means to experience um, God's design for humanity in the way that it was meant to be in a blessing. If you hold on to that part and you, you keep it from the grace of God, you keep it from the transforming work of the Holy Spirit, it will be, um, it will be destructive. And that's where he's saying, like, what good is it if you could gain the whole world, but within your own self, your own suke, mm-hmm. you you're falling apart. Yeah. You know, and that's what happens when you when you try to cling to it, like you were saying. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. And I think like like I quoted in, in this presentation, a guy named Carl Rogers, who's kind of considered by some, like I know psychology is a pretty wide and broad field, but is considered by some to be like the father of modern humanistic psychology. And he kind of broke down the, what it like, how he would define the self into three areas. So we have self image, which is the way we see ourselves. Uh, We have self esteem, uh, which is the value that we place upon ourselves. And we, then we have the ideal self 
uh, the self we would like to be. So we have self-image, self-esteem, and the ideal self. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now having a uh, like a healthy self-esteem, like you might hear that and be like, well, "Are you saying that that's good or bad?" It's like, well, it's not good or bad in and of itself, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. like it's it's good to have a healthy self-esteem, but is that based upon yourself or is that because of confidence in christ yeah right so it's not god's not wanting you to have a a negative self-esteem he's wanting to have have you to have a righteous self-esteem esteem esteem, a self-esteem that's seen clearly a self-esteem that is rooted in the transforming work of christ but when you when you start to shape yourself outside of god's design as we can see that all through these three points you become the authority Right. You get to define the who what your self image is. Mm-hmm. You get to shape who you are for yourself. You get to define uh, the value which you place upon yourself, and then you get to shape who you will be like. And if I could say, I I see where this could be dangerous in two ways: is that some people become egotistical, mm-hmm. and other people become like crippled by insecurity. And but both of those things are because you have, apart from Christ, you have established your own value or established your own worth. Right. Whereas when we have like a, I'm trying to think. There's a couple of verses in the New Testament. I'm thinking where it talks about like like look at yourself honestly, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Mm-hmm. You know it. it but then also it's like, but also recognize that you are the beloved. You are the royal priesthood. You are a called out yeah. people. So it's like the bringing it into alignment with christ it keeps us um out of that out of the the kind of that pride paradigm and more in it puts us into a a humble receiving paradigm absolutely because i think one of the gospel one of the key things that the gospel shows us is that we actually don't define our own identity Mm -hmm. for ourselves. christ christ gives us so we don't shape our identity. Christ gives us and we receive our identity through Jesus. Because as we see in these three areas that Carl Rogers points out, you're the final authority. You are the one who gets to shape that. Well, that sounds like a whole lot like the garden where God is saying in the day that you you know, you know eat from this tree, you will die. And he wasn't just talking about them physically. Right. This was a decay of soul. This was a decay of suke. suke. Yeah. Right. And then even in the dialogue that that the serpent's having with Eve, he says, God knows that in the day you eat from this tree, you know, you're going to be like him and you'll know good and evil. Mm-hmm. So this is now becoming like this is where it intersects with that reality is if you're going to eat from the tree of knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil and shape for yourself mm-hmm. um, what is what is right, what is wrong, who you're going to be, what it means to be human, all these different things is a way to the the lie that that the serpent was putting before Eve is you can get to this place without God. You can get to this place that maybe uh, the ideal place, but you don't have to do it in a way that is trusting God. Yeah. And you now are taking yourself into your own hands and shaping for yourself who you're going to be. Where where the gospel we see obviously in redemption that Jesus comes, lives the life that we should have lived, is now able to now pass on the the identity of righteous, beloved children of God um 
the in which we receive by faith through him yeah and not of our own works not of our own striving lest we boast and say hey look mm-hmm. we we did this god you know and this is this is the good news of the gospel is that we don't work to shape our own identity we receive it as a gift that's powerful so we can see that there's three specific areas that God does his work in in shaping the human identity. And number one is creation. So who we are and how God created us. Number two, redemption. And number three, in glorification. And we're going to kind of unpack what some of those words mean if mm-hmm. you're not familiar with them. But obviously in creation, this is the good news for, for all of us. And specifically in this topic is that we are made in the image of God. That's right. I just want to pause right there. You may not feel like you have any sort of value, Mm. but this, just this point right here, God inherently gives you value. Yeah. Doesn't matter what your skin tone is. Doesn't matter what your sexuality is. Doesn't matter what your, I, what your gender identity might be. You're like, it doesn't matter. You weigh what you look like, your marital status, your education, your, your economic place, like any of that. Totally. If you are a human made yeah. in the image of God, you carry inherent worth in value and distinction. And I think I wonder if that is a great comfort to some who maybe feel like I have bankrupted myself, like I am in the red as far as value. Like I feel like garbage. I feel like dirt. There's nothing I could do to kind of get out and in, back into the black. And I just think, well, no, this news, this right here, like Imago Day, is like no matter what you do, you are always going to be like the the worth or the value. If you're if your life is a bank account, like you're always going to be in the black because mm-hmm. nothing. Like I know the enemy tries to rob this from us, but it's like no, God always sees you as somebody able to be redeemed and able, like like he's worth so much that he would die for you. Absolutely. That can't be shaken. Yeah. And like you said, like the, that Imago Dei is the Latin term for image of God. And this is, this is like a foundational doctrine that the church has, has really the, the genuine church as they've been following, Mm -hmm. you know, God's word has always seen that this is like, this is an uncompromisable, that's even a word, uh, doctrine, (laughs) because if we lose the inherent value of human life, just let's just look at what's happened in history right. when you are able to start to diminish the value of some based on certain characteristics, mm-hmm. uh, then some can just be exterminated mm-hmm. or they can be marginalized and pushed to the side. And it's like, um, and we see throughout history that the gospel specifically, uh, this, this part of the God's design for humanity, um, has been has been a key aspect to ending slavery Mm -hmm. to elevating those who have been oppressed Mm -hmm. because um we get so used to it in our western world um well i would even just say this i list i on audible i listened to a book called uh, dominion by a gentleman named tom holland not spider-man but the historian (laughs) Um, and he documents like the effect of christianity throughout the world like kind of starting from jesus's death and resurrection and how it's moved throughout society and we just get so used to like equal um, rights yeah equal right yeah yeah. that the that it would be wrong we're like essentially this idea that we get so used to is that it would be wrong for this strong to oppress the weak right like that's just something that we get so used to it's like oh no we can't do that and all this stuff and it's like that hasn't always been that way right and he he for him like yeah i'd encourage you all to go read the book 
But he highlights very clearly that the gospel's effect within Roman culture, within Greek culture, and beyond beyond as as the gospel spread and as the story of Jesus, um, Jesus's work spread throughout the world. It it actually raised up some of those um, oppressed, marginalized, uh, you know, kind of demonized people groups. Because, and this is what Paul says in Galatians three: is that in Christ, there's neither male nor female, and that's not Paul getting rid of gender. Um, but he says in Christ that there's neither male nor female, slave nor free, Jew nor Greek, in the sense of what Paul is saying is that because of what Jesus has done in fulfilling the promise in the Abrahamic covenant, he now raises up um, all these people out of the, the world um, the world's classification of value. So whether you're, ma- you're male or female, you are an equal inheritance to the blessing of righteousness through faith that was promised to Abraham. Yeah. Whether you are slave, whether you are someone who is not in charge of their own life, mm. you actually have equal value and equal inheritance through to Christ. to righteousness through faith. Yeah. You know that Christ has purchased for you, or whether you're a free person, mm-hmm. you know, or whether you're a Jew or you're a Gentile. Yeah. You're slave or like slave or free. This is what Jesus has done. And so this this is important. This this part of the human identity within God's design and creation is vital. And this is this is where God's actually really clear in uh, Genesis chapter one and verse 26. He says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that that's like a red flag trigger within our current cultural moment. That was pretty binary. Yeah. How dare you? You know, (laughs) but and this is what we have to see is that the design within creation was always God's original intent. Mm -hmm. Everything after Genesis chapter three Mm -hmm. has been corrupted by sin. Mm -hmm. So this is God's original design that he created male and female. And like, and this is where he goes, and it was good. Yeah. Like he saw, he looked back upon his creation and says, it was good. Now we see that sin has, has impacted these, these areas. And now some of us, we don't feel at home within this creation. Yeah. But as we're going to talk about today, God has a plan of restoration and healing for those three, for those, for those areas. I almost gave it away there. So this is the key part within the human identity. We are we are triune yet one because mm-hmm. God is three yet one as well. He's father, son, and spirit yet all God. He's three persons yet one God. And we as humans are three yet one as well. We are body, soul, mm-hmm. and spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, all three of these areas, they have a unique, um, unique function within our life and within the human experience. But um, all three of these areas have been affected by sin. Yeah. So our body, we get tired, <laughs> like mm-hmm. we get worn down, we get, we get broken down, you right. know, right? Like I'm 37 and I just wake up sometimes and I hurt, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but. I do. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Yeah. But like we're getting older. Sure. Our body's breaking down. And our, and our bodies have these needs that are very insistent. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I fast for half a day and suddenly I'm just a baby, like yeah. shaken and, you know, totally It's like our bodies, like you're saying. Yeah. And needs. we experience, we do experience death. Yeah. Right. Which is something that God actually never 
designed us to experience. Right. Like that was not his original intent. That is a byproduct of, mm-hmm. of sin that wow. has affected all, all of humanity that we're all born into sin. Mm-hmm. But now, um, again, we have eternal life through Jesus. He restores that area. But, um, that's important for us to see that when we're talking about the human self, when we're talking about human identity, we are made in the image of God, three yet one, body, soul, and spirit, yet one person. And Paul actually highlights this in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verses 23 to 24, where he says, Now may the God of peace sanct- himself sanctify you completely. I'm going to say that again. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. That's good news for us because if you yeah. if you feel that disconnect between your body, your physical body, your biology, and your psychology, yeah, God desires to integrate and to heal that disconnect again, yeah, through through what Jesus does. So um, when when Paul's talking about the sanctifying work in our spirit, that's the the word pneuma, which refers to the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, sometimes referring to the breath of God, which he breathed into humanity, into humanity. But in this context, it's to the disposition or influence which governs the soul of anyone. Yeah. So this is the part that in the garden, when they, you know, Adam and Eve ate from the tree, and then there was like an immediate death to their spirit. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost like the light went out. Yeah. And that's the part, the same part that when later, you know, Jesus is on the scene, John chapter three, Nicodemus is there and Jesus is saying, hey, you're going to need to be born again. Absolutely. He's speaking of this regeneration, this literal, like it's actually a miraculous work of God to, to kind of turn that light back on inside of the inside of our, us as humans and that spirit, which then can connect with the spirit of God. Yeah. It was a place of intimacy. It was a place of, of true knowing, right? Communication. Yeah. Yeah. Because like when Jesus is talking about like in Matthew chapter seven, um, where he'll say like to some who say like, Hey, I cast out demons in your name and did many signs and wonders, but he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. That's that type of knowing is, is the Greek word he is being used there is Greek word gnosko, which is like intimate knowledge, like yeah. abiding in fellowship with like close, like it's, it's the same word that's used at times to talking about sexual relations between a man and a woman yeah. within marriage. Like a, a true intimacy, nothing coming in between. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so this is what is restored to us in our spirit through the, the redeeming work of, of Jesus in our life. So. Um, and again, as I mentioned, like the, the Paul, the word that Paul uses for soul is that the same Greek word suke. It's a seed of the feelings, desires, affections. It's our mind, our will, our emotions and our personality. This is, this is where, again, we get the word psychology where it gets its root meaning from. And lastly, uh, the, the word for body is soma. Um, and this just really does mean your physical body. And Mm -hmm. I, as we've talked about before, we've had some great people on, uh, Dr. Craig Allison talked about being embodied and and again, Mm -hmm. that, that integration of, um, and importance of the body. And I think that's one of the things we've, we've really neglected within, um, at least my experience in the last church. Yeah. Yeah. Is we just kind of go, oh, well, one day I'll, you know, I'll get a new body. And so I'm just going to, you know, feed this one garbage. Yeah. you know, not sleep and have way too much caffeine. And yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just telling my own story. But 
parent life it's real but um but the the body's really important yeah and this is actually it's you know this is actually really helpful this has been really helpful for me in the sense of like we want it we think that worship is what we do on a sunday morning when we lift our hands mm-hmm. or we sing a song and it's like when we're worshiping god we have to worship god with our body mm-hmm. and so that means that um rest can be worshipful yeah and should be part of your worship right. you know that you're you're ceasing from your works yeah you, um you, like you're taking seriously sleep and health and all this stuff yeah. because your body is the temple of the holy spirit that's right right and we we just kind of want to push that to the side it takes a lot of strength to govern ourselves yeah you know which i'm grateful you know scriptures say that this fruit of the spirit is that you will be able to have self-control and so you know if anyone if you're listening to this and you're right now i'm sure whenever we talk about this topic it's like we each know how we need to apply this differently like oh yeah i really do need to cut down on sugar or i really do need to take my sleep seriously and shut off my phone an hour before bedtime or i really do need to get out for a walk you know more more times in the week like Yes, the Holy Spirit is actually convicting you and saying, hey, you only get one body for this whole life. Be a good steward of it. Like, this is the place where I will dwell with you. Like you're saying, like, that's what First Corinthians talks about. You know, the church of Corinth is located in a place where there is this massive temple to this false god. So the people there are like have this picture of what a temple looks like. I think it's one of the seven wonders of the ancient world is the temple in Corinth. And so it's like this massive structure. And then Paul's saying, but hey, listen, like actually the place where God wants to dwell is right there with you. Yeah. You know, and so could you take care of it? Like, could you, um, yeah, just don't trash the place. Yeah, <laughs> honor, honor your bodies. Yeah. And, and, and it's linked in then with sexuality. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What you do with your body really matters. Yeah. Right. You can't you can't expect to do things with your body that is not going to affect those other areas. That's right. And this is, you know, we don't we're maybe not really familiar with it, but it's it's starting to rear its head again within the gender debate Mm -hmm. and gender conversation is this um, worldview of Gnosticism, which tried to separate uh, this inner world, your suke from your soma, you know, Mm -hmm. tried to separate your intellect and who you were your personality on the inside, try to separate that from your body. So somehow your biology, your physiology doesn't matter. It's the lesser part of who you are. Um, Who you really are is your suke. Um, And, and what the, what the Bible does is elevate and what God's design does and the restoring work uh, within the restoring work that Jesus does through the gospel and through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is redeem those areas and begin to integrate those areas back together. Yeah. Um, you know, so for, for the person, like I said, who, who doesn't feel that sense of connection with their body. Um, you know, I've heard people talk about, uh, gender dysphoria being like you are wearing a glove. That's just three sizes too big. Mm. Just doesn't fit right. Like you're just, just like you're who you are on the inside doesn't fit right in your body. Feel unrest. I have good news yeah. for you. Jesus yeah. wants to redeem that area and bring healing to that area and and show a value of your biology and of your physiology um, that maybe has been taken from you. Yeah. Or maybe you've just dealt with, just had this this sense of disconnection yeah. as you've grown up. Or, yeah, or like I said, 
it could be connected to a certain situation where a boundary was crossed and it's created a certain level of shame around your body. Uh, I have good news for you. Jesus yeah. wants to redeem that area and yeah. restore that connection because that was his original intention that you would be uh, three yet one. And that's like where Paul's even praying that the God of peace would sanctify us completely. That that word uh, sanctification or sanctify in that case is a Greek word, hadziadzo, which means um, just setting aside for a specific purpose. It means bringing into right alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's separating the profane things from the un. Uh, to separate from profane things and dedicate to God. Mm -hmm. So this can be talking about like physical items that would be used for worship. Sometimes that's how this word is used, um, you know, within the temple, but also dedicating people to God. Mm. So God, God's desire is to dedicate you to himself. Yeah. He wants to, he wants to set you apart from this broken world, from all the effects of it to bring you to himself. Um, it also means to purify, to cleanse externally, um, but also to purify internally. If this is the word that's used to speak of the renewing of the soul. Um, you know, so God doesn't just want you to like live with some of that internal uh, discontentment and confusion. He actually wants to bring right order and renewing and uh, refreshing to that area as you are conformed um, back to that image that he always um, desired you to be in. He's shaping you to become the image of Christ. Um, so this is where we see the redeeming work. Um, you know, as we talked about the yeah. the identity of humanity within creation, now we see in redemption. Like just like uh, John, just like John seventeen verse seventeen to nineteen says, where Jesus is saying, "Sanctify them in the truth." He's praying to the Father. He's saying, "Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth, and you have sent me into the world. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself." That's the word hagiadzo again, which is speaking of setting himself apart for a specific purpose that they also may be sanctified in truth. So that's the same word in both cases. Same word. So Jesus is saying, I'm setting myself apart for this purpose so that they may be brought into proper alignment with truth, with the original design, with my heart, with my intention. Mm. So this is this is really important for us to see that that God's that even though we've fallen from that original creation uh, intention, mm-hmm. God has brought about redemption through Jesus. So we get to become the children of God, like Romans 8, uh, verses 12 to 14 says. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. That'd be the soma. That'd be the soma, the bodily desires that at sometimes can just be all over the map, whether yeah. it's lust, whether it's um, gluttony, gluttony, oh, yeah, greed, like some of those just like physical Absolutely. pleasures that we get stuck kind of going after totally and yeah. so this is where paul says in verse 13 he drops a pretty big bomb here he says for if you live according to the flesh you will die right so yeah. if you li- if you elevate your soma if you elevate your body above the the proper hierarchy of mm-hmm. the human design where we're being led by the spirit and not by the flesh yeah um you know as galatians 5 speaks about um, he's like, if you try to violate that design and bring your physical desires above that place, which God desires to you to be led by, it will lead to death. Sometimes is that talking about eternal mm-hmm. death? 
Uh, yes, in some cases. Yeah. Is that talking about a decay of the soul? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Um, but he says, but if you put the if you put to death the deeds of the body, again, this is by the spirit, you will live. Yeah. Right. So if you bring governance to your body by the Holy Spirit and by the grace of God, uh, bringing in a proper perspective, um, the areas in which your your body may have desires and bring them under the lordship and authority um, of God, you get to experience life and abundant life. Um and in verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Yeah. So our identity in redemption is children of God. Yeah. You know, that's, that's good news for us. No matter our upbringing, no matter our uh, family of origin, our identity is not in those things. Our identity is within what Christ has done for us. Amazing. So lastly, we see here is a big word called glorification. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of speaking to a future event. So like when we, when we put our faith in Christ, we are saved. And as we saw, we're being hagiadzoed. We're being saved. This is a process from kind of point A. If point A is you putting your faith in Jesus and point B is you dying or Jesus coming back, you are being hagiadzoed. You're being sanctified. You're being, you are being saved. But this glorification is speaking to a future ultimate salvation that will come to us. It's so good. And so whether you, you experience that, that disconnect between your inner world and your body, mm-hmm. when this glorifying work takes place, when you step out of, you step through the veil between this world, this earthly realm that we're in and the eternal realm that is much closer than you think. Yeah. When you step through that, you are delivered from the bondage of that body. Wow. All that sin, sin's influence on your life is now released and from, from your life eradicated. Yeah. yeah. And you are now in the fullness of what Jesus has, por- has purchased for. You are now glorified with him. Um, that's, I feel like that's so hopeful for people who, you know, whether they've been struggling maybe with gender dysphoria for a month or maybe they, or maybe it's been years. First of all, like we have hope for healing and for Hagiadzo on this side yes. of eternity. We do believe that. Like mm-hmm. we, we believe in a miraculous God and with him, nothing is impossible. But there's also this like, this ultimate hope of complete yeah. wholeness and healing. Yeah. You know, like I think of my, my younger sister who's special needs. And it's like, we have prayed for a miracle for her for years because you can see that it's like oh, i don't like it's like i feel like there's more of her that i want to know mm-hmm. right kind of like there is a feel like a disconnect i guess i would say that yeah. between between who she is and her body that's put these limitations on her mm-hmm. but it, and so it's like i would love to see a miracle on this side of eternity but how amazing that when we consider that this life is a vapor, yeah. then it's like these these present sufferings are nothing when we consider the eternal weight of glory that is totally. going to be revealed. So if you're a follower of Jesus and you're dealing with, um, could be just like the sorrow or pain of trauma or you're dealing with, um, yeah, this, this dysphoria, the sense of unrest or unease in your identity, just know like it's not permanent. Like the enemy... And the spirit of darkness and the spirit of this age would just say, like, it's the way it's always going to be. But it's just not true. It's the promise we all have. Absolutely. 
And I think like when you compare the amount of years, like let's just say, I don't know what the average is that people are living. Let's I think just say it's like 87 or something. Sure. Let's say it's 87 years. Let's even just say 90. Yeah. You're going to live longer. What is 90 years Yeah. in comparison with eternity? Right. That's where James says that this life is a vapor. Right. Like wildflowers. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like the steam coming up off your coffee in the morning. Right. It's there for a, a blink of an eye and it's gone. Right. And that's like, we're talking 90 years Mm -hmm. is a vapor when it's compared to eternity. Yeah. And so, yes, I understand that this life can be very difficult. Yeah. I'm not going to try to minimize Mm -mm. um, any amount of suffering that somebody might be going through. Mm. Specifically, let's, let's just be honest with, within the topic of gender dysphoria. Yeah. I cannot imagine the difficulty of that. Yeah. But I can encourage whoever that may be who's wrestling with that is that it is nothing. This momentary affliction, this momentary weight that you might be experiencing in this life is nothing compared Mm -hmm. to the eternal realities which Jesus has purchased for you. Right. This is the hope. Yeah. Of the, that is can be an anchor for our soul. Yeah. An anchor for our suitcase. That's right. Right. Because if it's, if, if all this world is all that there is, then there's not a lot to be hopeful. That's right. Right. And Jesus didn't, didn't save us to keep us the way that we are and just like, okay, now you get to have a, you know, a nice horrible existence. Right. Um, and then maybe one day, mm-hmm. you know, you get to be with me in heaven. He's just like, no, I want, I want, I want you to experience the reality of this hope yeah. that can bring peace, that can bring a sense of contentment and surrender. Yeah. And saying, God, I, I will honor you with my life. As hard as that may be, as difficult as that may be, as confusing as that may be, I want to honor you with my life because this hope, this good thing that is yet to come is, is going to be, is going to be greater than I could even imagine. Right. And it's not God just holding out this like proverbial carrot that is just going to keep you on this kind of rat race kind of thing of like, just keep you going. It's like, this is a real reality that we have. Yeah. Um, It's not just, you know, a nice poetic no. kind of feel good statement mm-hmm. this this hope of glorification of liberation from our fallen uh experience mm-hmm. into back to that place that god intended in the garden right where we walked with him in the cool of the day yeah. where we're we're specifically talking about adam where man walked with god in the cool of the day no separation right you know heaven and earth just intermingled yeah. You know, this place of the garden, that's what we get to experience again yeah. in its fullness. Right. Um, you know, and this is where, you know, I know we put this, this scripture on, you know, with, at least within Christian culture, we like to put this on little coffee mugs and stuff like this and mm-hmm. little cat posters and stuff like that. But it's like, I don't know if anybody actually does that. Oh yeah. I'm sure they do. The cat posters. <laughs> uh, but it's just like, in Romans eight twenty eight it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That's a reality, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know what you're going through, but if, if, if you love God and you are called according to his purpose, no matter what suffering you are facing, God will work it together for good. Mm-hmm. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. There's the language of the eternal, um, the internal sanctifying work yeah. of our suke. So he's conforming us to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. That's our identity as children adopted by God. 
So Jesus is our firstborn brother. He's our big brother. Right. And within Hebrew culture, if you were the firstborn, you had the blessing in which would cover, um, which would give you the responsibility to take care of the needs of all your little brothers and sisters and everybody, you know, like in your tribe, everybody yeah. in your tribe. If you had the firstborn blessing, you, you were kind of a big deal and that was a big deal for everybody else. You were, it was like, it was a big blessing and it was also a big responsibility. Yeah. And so Jesus takes that role as the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Yeah. And he says, okay, I'm going to now di- distribute this inheritance. Totally. I will make sure everybody gets equal, um, equal inheritance. So yeah, so Jesus is our our Lord, our King, and our Master, and He's also our big brother. Yeah, right. So we get to live within the blessing that God has put upon Him, um, which is just it's good news. Yeah, and those whom He predestined, He also called, and those He those whom He called, He also justified, and those whom He justified, He also glorified yeah so this is what paul's saying him who began a good work in you will see it into completion yeah right so this justifying work this make this bringing of this bringing of peace and righteousness between god and humanity that's initiated when there's regeneration at the very the front end of your relationship with god that born again moment that born again where your spirit comes alive that justifying work there's also the promise of glorification yeah right so that that is we are kind of living in this place of the now but not yet Mm -hmm. right where we are justified where we are righteous and we will be made righteous yeah we are saved we are being saved and we ultimately will be saved in the in the fullness in which uh god's desired for us we will be like him Mm mm-hmm isn't that crazy? Yeah. We'll be transformed in like a twinkling of an eye. And that doesn't mean we'll lose our personality or that we'll lose our gender or that we'll lose those parts of what makes us us. But in every in every part of us that is deficit or broken, we'll be made like him and that will be made whole again. Yeah. So and this is this is the invitation that that Jesus gives to us. Obviously, like we we unpack this verse. Um, kind of, we read this, this verse at the very beginning, but I want to read it again and where Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So there's a reality here that if we're going to experience the transforming work that, that he desires to do within our suitcase, that means that we need to find our identity within what Jesus has done for us yeah. and take up that cross, Yeah, take up that, that, that work within our own within our own self and die to ourself to our suke yeah. to our suke yeah um and this is important like when we when we call when Jesus is calling us to surrender and he's calling us to a death to self he has an amazing way of filling that place of surrender mm-hmm. with himself mm-hmm. so like Jesus is not just sentencing us to this like downtrodden um just w- like, I don't even know how to say it. Like, he's not centering, sentencing us to this, like, just boring, empty you know, life. empty. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. I don't know how else to say that, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of blanking on the word, but just some like lackluster life. Mm-hmm. He's actually filling that place of surrender with himself. Yeah. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly mm-hmm. to the fullness of which um, my heart is for you. So 
no matter what that place of surrender may be, no matter what you're giving up, no matter what you're having to die to, it is nothing compared to what you are receiving through Christ. That's right. So, um, but then when Jesus goes on for whoever would save his life, again, that's talking about the suke, whoever would try to hold on or shape uh, and try to save out of selfish ambition, um, that suke, that inner world and shape that inner identity, you will lose it. It'll bring destruction. It'll bring a, a sense of brokenness. But here's the promise. But whoever surrenders the suke, whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. That's the same word, sozo. So he's, he's flipping the script a little bit. He's now saying, if you hold on to, if you try to sozo your suke, you're going to lose it. But if you surrender your suke, I will heal it. I will restore it. I will, I will pour mm. life on it. And you will actually see who you really are. Right. Not, not the false self that you're trying to project. Not your Instagram self, not your Facebook self, but who you really are, your true self um, of who you are uh, in Christ. Yeah. Because then he asked the question for what does it really profit? What do you gain if you gain the whole world, yet you lose yourself? Right. So with all that, with all that, quite the, the dialogue here and mm-hmm. the journey today, we want to encourage you that if you felt that pressure to shape your own self, Today's a good day for you. Yeah. Is that you get to experience the real life that Jesus desires for you when you surrender that identity. You might believe a whole lot of things about yourself that is not God's heart for you. Mm-hmm. You may believe a whole, you may have heard from other people a bunch of things that are not God's heart for you. And today in this moment, I sense that the Lord is inviting you to surrender the yeah. suitcase. Yeah. Surrender that inner self that you're trying to shape. And it might not just be, it may not just be in gender, a gender identity. It may be in a whole world of things that are not God's heart for you. Yeah. And it's our heart today that you would experience that, that call of God to come into his arms and find out who you are in him. Mm -hmm. Because it's when we do that, that we actually experience life and life abundantly. Yeah. I think in closing, I'd love to just pray for anyone who's listening. And uh, yeah, I see this. I saw this picture of kind of like a tangled knot, tangled string, and there's knots all throughout it. And I just see someone like trying in their own strength and the, kind of their own efforts to untangle it all. And it's that might be what you feel. It might feel this confusion and about yourself. But I feel like the Lord's just saying, pass me the whole thing. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to untangle it all. Like, I'm here for you. I, I will help you. I will lead you into all truth. I will um, even just slowly, I'll build you up. You see, you'll see, I'll build you up. So, Father, we come together. And whoever, for those who are listening, who those who feel all tangled up on the inside, um, who are feeling frantic and they have to fix themselves even before they would come in front of you. God, I pray uh, right now that they would uh, maybe even just go to their knees. If they're, you know, maybe if they're able to physically go to their knees, but if maybe they're driving or maybe they're um, somewhere where that's not possible, Father, that just even the position of their heart would be that of, of a bow, bowing to you, to your Lordship and saying, I want to follow you, Jesus. I just never knew what it would 
I never knew it would cost me all this, but I believe you that you're worth it, and it's not working the way I've been trying. And so, yeah, we just choose to humble ourselves and to surrender, and surrender is when the battle ends. And so I pray that they would uh, just raise that white flag of surrender and say, I'm all in. I, whatever that means for me tomorrow, Jesus, it's it. I'll follow you. I pray this in Jesus' name. May we, maybe we hear the, the reports of salvation and of transformation yeah, for those who are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you so much. Thank you yeah. for joining us here on the Union Podcast. And we will see you at the, begin, the beginning of season three. That's right. We're looking forward to it. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Union Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, please visit our website, theunionmovement.com, or find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Union Movement.